the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. The WinBet Casino is now offering a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 for new users. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as up to $25,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And don't forget to download the SGPN app for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, and we are nine days away from MLB opening day, Thursday, the 9th of April. Uh, so we're going to take you through all the divisional props, odds, lines, you name it. This is episode number two of six, uh, and we're going to talk about the NL Central. And with me to talk about that, as always, from Houston, Texas, uh, the second best looking man on the network, Mr. Moonaf Manji. <laughs> Moonaf, how are you? I'm doing well, sir. Uh, episode number or division uh, preview number two, NL Central. A lot of um, great, I guess, information that we're going to give out for the NL Central. Last season uh, got interesting in the NL Central. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, we're just chugging along with these division previews and uh, hopefully finding some more winners. Yeah, we put the AL Central out first, which was a bit of a, a bit of a different animal as it has a real uh, clear runaway winner. This one, Moonaf, uh, the NL Central, um, it's not the most exciting division in terms of the competitors, the contenders that are in there. But it does make, I think, for a good um, gambling division. Um, sure. someone's going to win it. Um, the teams are fairly close together. Um, and there's a, there's a couple of teams, uh, who could definitely win it. And I've, and I fancy a bit of a long shot myself as well. So it's an interesting betting proposition, this one. Um, as we did with the AL central, we will run down them in terms of bookmakers favorites. Um, yeah. So I'll give you the uh the the win bet lines first here. We've got the um Brewers at roundabout minus 150. Uh the Milwaukee Brewers are the favorites. Um you can get the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, who made a decent run in the playoffs uh last year. They're at plus 320. Um, and then it's double figure prices the rest. Chicago Cubs, 1300, uh, Cincinnati Reds, fifteen hundred, and any price you like about the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, roundabout sixty-six. 100 to 1. Um, so starting at the top, Moon after Milwaukee Brewers, uh, a projection of 88 games, uh, a bookies line of 88 and a half games. So those two things in lockstep. Um, what do you think about Milwaukee? Yeah, Milwaukee, I think like when we talked about with the Chicago White Sox, their top three rotation guys is, are probably the best in the National League and probably in that conversation for the best in the entire MLB. When you have Brandon Woodruff, uh, Corbin Burns, 
Cy Young winner, and then Freddie Peralta, who was also all-star last year. Um, that's pretty solid, right? I don't think it could get any better than that for the Milwaukee Brewers. The big concern for the Brewers is on the offensive side of the baseball. Um, you know, last season, they finished up number 12 uh, in runs scored and batting average. Uh, they finished up number 27, which is a big concern. Uh, home runs, they finished up 18th. So kind of all over the place. And I think it's finding more consistency on the offensive side of the baseball for the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, we kind of take a look at what happened last season with this team. Or, yeah, let me start with last season, especially in the playoffs where they lost to the eventual uh, World Series champions, the Braves. The first game they won that game, uh, it was only behind a stellar pitching performance from Corbin Burns, but they only scored two runs in that game. And then in the last three games of that series where they lost all of them, um, they were shut out twice and one game they scored four runs. Unfortunately for them, Braves ended up scoring five runs in that game. But I think for this team, I think for me was that they have a former NL MVP and Christian Yelich. I think that was back in 2017 or 2018. Uh, but since then, he's kind of been par. I mean, he's been... He's been okay. He hasn't been the guy that he was since they won the title. Or sorry, he wouldn't see he won that award. They need him to kind of get back into MVP form and really try to bolster this uh offense. I know they picked up Hunter Renfro from the Red Sox in a trade for Jackie Bradley Jr. back to the Red Sox. Hunter Renfro was absolutely spectacular for the Red Sox last season. They also added Andrew McCutcheon to the lineup. Probably going to be in that five, six hole for the um, Milwaukee Brewers. But for me, at least for the Brewers, not worried about their pitching when you have those three guys at the top of your rotation. It's more about what can this offense do to really help this pitching rotation. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Munaf. You pretty much, uh, it was almost like you're reading, uh, reading from my notes there. Um, the key is Christian Yelich. If they, yeah. you, you look at other teams who, you, you get a season out of Freddie Freeman. Uh, you get a season out of Mookie Betts. Um, uh, one of the big teams that you need that keystone is your number three hitter. He's an MVB caliber player. Yeah. Is he going to do it? Um, the two signings that you just um, mentioned, Hunter Renfro is okay. Don't mind him uh, coming across from Boston. Uh, he's mm-hmm. the biggest power bat in the lineup. Um, Andrew McCutcheon, I'm not particularly convinced about. Uh, yeah, currently scheduled to back clean up, I think, um, but not a great batting average. Um, and he's uh, 35 years old now. Um, same as Lorenzo Cain down the bottom; he's never on the field long enough. So I'm not really sure about about the bats. Um, the rotation, I don't mind even beyond the first three. It's a four and five. Adrian Hauser and Eric Lauer um, are absolutely fine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, great bullpen. Um, Josh Hader, Devin Williams, you can add Brad uh, Boxberger to that. Um, Aaron Ashby, big fan of Aaron Ashby, uh, drafted him in fantasy in lots of places, um, expected him to get into the rotation, I hope, at some point. Uh, he's been one of my sleepers for them. But yeah, uh, Willie Adamas is great. Colton Wong, I'm not sure about. So there's, there's a lot of question marks. Um, I think, uh, like I say, all three parts of the game are, are solid. They're not, they're not going to struggle. Um, 88 and a half is a big number um, 
and I do think the cards are going to be competitive, although um, we were going to come on to them in a little while and, the, and there's reasons to be wary about them. Uh, but this is a quite a competitive division. Um, even some of the, the, the teams ranked three and four are going to be fairly scrappy. And I think the Brewers might struggle to get to that 88 and a half number. Um, it's not a big discrepancy between what the books think uh, and what I think. So it's not something I would be willing to, to bet, particularly, uh, as we said in the previous pod, we're looking for maybe a three or four game discrepancy. Uh, this is half a game, uh, but I do think the Brewers might end up somewhere 85, 86. Um, what do you think, Muna? Yeah, I mean, last season, if you kind of take a look at their home and road splits, they won 50 games on the road last season. Um, only they were second in the National League behind the San Francisco Giants, who won 53 on the road last season. So, um, you know, I think for the Brewers, for me, I, I do love their pitching rotation. Um, again, I kind of go back to their batting, right? And I think that I think this division may be a little more competitive than we think, especially with the next team that we're about to discuss. But if I had to lean, I would slightly lean to the over. I wouldn't bet it right now. But uh, again, it's all, a lot of times for me, I've talked about this multiple times, even going back to last season, it's all about pitching for me. And when you have those three guys, you're going to win some games. Um, and especially with that back into the bullpen as well. We talked about it. Um, it's pretty solid. So, it, you know, Milwaukee, I think at some point is going to have to go out and get a couple bats to really, if they want to be in that championship conversation, if they're going to win a World Series title, they're going to have to do that. But as far as the season win total, I slightly, very slightly lean towards the over. I, again, I wouldn't, I'm not going to be betting it though. Yeah. I mean, they did go out and acquire some bats mid season last year. So they're capable of doing it. Yeah. Uh, Willie Adamas came across in May and Rowdy Telez. Uh, in July from Toronto. So they can go, go and do that again. They're not afraid of strengthening uh, mid-season. But it's just, a, I think the number's probably right. Um, yeah, it seems and what we're trying to do, Yeah, what we're trying to do here is give you a, uh, find a couple of standout bets for you. Uh, and the Milwaukee Brewers aren't a standout bet, either at 1.5, minus 150 uh, to win the division, or uh, with an over of under 88.5. Our big reason for that is the next thing we're going to talk about um, St. Louis Cardinals plus yeah. 320 uh, for the division um, a line a win bet line of 84 and a half um, I've got a projection uh, of 81 now that's a three and a half game swing moon off mm-hmm. um, however it's not uh, in the direction I was thinking when I came to handicap this I did this today actually I did this division and I was, I expected the cards to be favourite. I sort of handicapped it as though the, the cards were going to be favourite and I was going to put the Brewers up as value. And then I looked at the odds and mm. it was completely the other way, it completely flip-flopped. It was topsy-turvy, it was bizarre all world. So I, I kind of misjudged this one. So I think probably the books have adjusted to some ailments that the Cardinals have on their pitching staff. Um yeah. So what, what do you want to talk? Do you want to talk about this Cardinals lineup, Munaf, or do you want to talk about the pitching stuff? Yeah, I think we could kind of, kind of quickly go through the the their lineup. I mean, it's pretty solid for the Cardinals, right? I mean, you have your three big bats with Tyler O'Neill, Nolan Arenado, and, and Paul Goldschmidt. Dylan Carlson last year, I think we talked about him a lot. You know, he he came on last season. He's only going to improve. Um, Harrison Bader or Batter, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but. He's also solid for them in that outfield. And then they also added Corey Dickerson in this lineup. It's kind of really rounded into form. So 
I'm not worried really about this lineup when you have those two corner guys with Nolan Arenado and uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, they did sign, I think, yesterday or the day before, Albert Pujols. Not sure how much time he is going to be playing for the Cardinals. I think it's just more of his last final year as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals, where it all kind of started for him. But and you still have Yadier Molina. You know, he's he, he's really solid. He's been with the Cardinals for pretty much his entire career. So the hitting, I'm not too worried about. It's more of the pitching, Malcolm, that, that I think we kind of need to discuss. But do you have any thoughts on the hitting? I think that lineup might only be second to the Dodgers uh, wow. in MLB. Okay. Um, all the way down, uh, a lot of power. Uh, if you're a fantasy player, there's a lot of... Well, actually, there's bits of speed in there, but yeah, there's a lot of power. Uh, there's a lot of average OPB and slugging in there. Um, like you say, the six, seven, eight, nine is normally where you'll see how long a tail um, a batting team can wag. And... Uh, you've got Yadi Molina, you've got Corey Dickerson, um, Paul DeYoung, and like yeah. you say, Harrison Bader. Um, Harrison Bader is a perfectly serviceable hitter. Um, mm. Power, speed, uh, not a terrible average, 246, which now I did so okay. And he's their ninth hitter. Um, yeah. They've got little bits off the bench as well. Um, Albert Pujols, I don't, we, well, I, I get it, okay. Uh, not going to come on my radar particularly, uh, but Edmundo Sosa and Lars Nukbar, uh, a couple of young lads in there as well who can both do bits. So I think it's a really, really good lineup. I think they'll go and strengthen. Um, they always have a strong um, farm system. Someone will come up and hit 300 for them in a month. If they get an injury, they'll bring someone up that you've never heard of uh, in June and they'll hit 300 with seven homers and then they'll disappear back down again. Uh, they've done it for years and years, <laughs> the Cardinals. Um, so, yeah. However, um, on the flip side of that, Munaf, is this rotation that you're going to talk about? Yeah, the rotation, obviously the big news right now for them is that Jack Flaherty is going to miss. Or less, we don't know exactly how much time he is going to miss, but he is going to miss the beginning of the season. I think that is pretty much their ace of this rotation. Last year, I was very high on him. He got out to a very hot start. I think he was like 8-0 and uh, for the Cardinals. But right now, he's dealing with a shoulder injury for the St. Louis Cardinals. Um and, you know, it could be nothing, but it can also be something serious. You know, we, I've kind of tried to watch the interviews about what he's kind of said about it. Last season, again, like I mentioned, he got off to a great start. Then he got sidelined for, I think he was on a 60-day IL. And then it, it went beyond that. He missed significant part of the portion. He did come back towards the uh, tail end of the year for the St. Louis Cardinals. And I think you're going to be asking too much for a 40-year-old Adam Wainwright to kind of repeat the success that he had last season. They did sign Steven Motts to kind of bolster the rotation. Uh, but again, the injury concern of Jack Flardy and even Alex Reyes, who is also dealing with a, a soldier issue, he may be able, he might miss two months, uh, is Alex Reyes, is what I'm reading from the Cardinals organization. So, you know, those are two big arms for this rotation, especially Jack Flardy, who's in the conversation of NL Cy Young. Going back to a couple seasons ago, I mean, last year, like I mentioned, I think he got off to a 7-0-8-0 star with an ERA under two and then dealt with the injury. So uh, I think those are the two names that we're going to have to keep an eye out for Malcolm in this pitching rotation. Yeah, and I know uh, preseason last year, Moon, after you were really, really sweet on on Flarty for a number of reasons. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you why he's got injured. And I'm just, I'm, at this point, I'm happy just to put a line through him. I've seen reports that it might be a couple of weeks, um, but I've just got the fear. Um, 
in the, the great fantasy baseball invitational, which is a big uh, industry um, fantasy contest. I took Jack Flaherty as my SP1, and that is why Munaf is injured, and that is okay. why I don't think we'll see him for the rest of the season. Uh, last year was uh, Justin Verlander. I cannot get a picture out of spring training. Uh, so I apologise to Jack and his family for that. Uh, that's entirely my fault. Um, the rest of them, though, like you say, Adam Wainwright, 40 years old. Yeah. You, you've hit the nail on the head. Um, Miles Michaelis, uh, SP2, could come back and do stuff, possibly. I do quite like Stephen Matz, um, as I have a little bit of a Mets lean. Um, I've watched Matz for uh, quite a while. Um, I was pleased when he got a chance at Toronto. And he pitched quite well there. So um, I've got no problem with Stephen Matz. Beyond that, you look at Dakota Hudson, uh, permanently injured. Will he be injured again? Um, and, and Jake Woodford. The pen's okay. Uh, Giovanni Gagos uh, does all kinds of different things. Uh, Jordan Hicks is going to be back. Um, absolute flamethrower. I think he's been touching 103 uh, wow. in spring training, Jordan Hicks. Uh, so, yeah, things to look forward to then. So the, out of every team I've looked at so far, Moonath, Mm-hmm. Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals have confused me most um, because you, really I do think that could be the second best lineup in baseball. However, uh, I'm just looking at a rotate and it's, it's not even a rotation. I mean, it's it's two and a half men at this point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the I mean, the, that projection of 81, you'd expect them. I know last year they went on that winning streak as well. Uh, did they get to 17? Did they get to 20? I don't think they got to 20. They I think it was... Certainly, let me see. It was a like, lot. Uh, it was 17. It was 17, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they're not going to do that this year. And, and they still... It, it took that mega run uh, to get them into contention. Not that it was fluky at all. Because uh, mm-hmm. like I say, they have they have a lot of good... They're, they're a fun team to watch as well. Um, they, they, they run the base paths and, and they, they, they play a little bit more uh, small ball. Uh, it's always a good fun watch. Uh, when you're watching the Cardinals, but um, I'm I'm leaning to the under just because of the size of the discrepancy in the of three and a half games between the uh, the win bet lines of eighty four and a half uh, and this projection of eighty one. So um, this did confuse me. It was a real head scratcher. Um, but if I'm sticking to my guns and I'm sticking to the system uh, that I'd like to use, uh, then I would be I would be betting the under on this one. Yeah, I think the pitching concerns, especially with their ace, Jack Flaherty, is, is a huge concern, right? And then, um, you know, I do like their lineup, but at the end of the day, kind of going back to pitching, it, it's what I'm really, really, really keen on when I talk about, you know, teams are back or, or not back. And I think for me, for the Cardinals, it's going to be a wait-and-see approach, kind of see how some of these pitchers, especially with Wayne Wright entering, you know, 40 years old and and some of these other guys that have kind of been inconsistent for them, I'm probably going to see a wait-and-see approach. And I think the great thing about betting is that we do get live updated win totals almost, I think, every other, or at least on a weekly basis. So maybe at that time, I'll probably take a look at the Cardinals. But if I if you had to put a gun to my head right now, I would probably lean towards the under as well. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And that's a great point about um, taking a live bet. Um, as much as we laboured the point, uh, probably towards the middle of May last year, even early June, we were still getting the Astros uh, yeah. plus money so um, if the Cardinals add an arm or two or if Adam Wainwright looks fine uh, Dakota Hudson is doing okay then you can maybe add them because st- I don't think there'll be much of a shorter price 
I think Milwaukee will be going along okay. So you'll still be able to get uh, this plus 320 about the cards probably six weeks into the season, uh, all things being equal. So uh, I wouldn't let that worry you. And in season, we'll try and steer you in that direction um, as well. Um, If you're looking for some Las Vegas-style casino fun uh, in the palm of your hand, look no further than WinBet, the premier online casino from the five-star Win Resorts properties from classic table games to all the best slots, thrills and jackpots. WinBet has everything you need for the ultimate casino experience. Sign up today and receive a 100% first match up to $1,000. WinBet hour is from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific time. Better prices on select games. Anyone who has the WinBet app is alerted right on the hour. Bet $500 on college basketball Thursday to Sunday and be ended to win a two-night stay at the Win Las Vegas. So, for example, if you wager $1,000 on men's college basketball tournament, you're eligible for two entries into the prize draw. So much to choose from. Download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. The offer is subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or over and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call one 800 522 Four seven double zero. Next up, then Moonaf in the NL Central, um, the Chicago Cubs. Yep, big price uh, plus thirteen hundred to win the division. A over or under of seventy five and a half. Right in line with projection, it's seventy five. Uh, so not something that fits into our system. Um, this was an intriguing one for me, Moonaf. I'll let you go first. Tell me about the Cubs. Yeah, for the Cubs, I mean, they added uh, a, I guess you could say, top of the rotation guy with Marcus Stroman to pair with Kyle uh, Hendricks. I believe they also, did they add Wade Miley to this rotation? They certainly did. Yeah. He will be their SP3, yeah. Yeah, so I think that, that that's pretty pretty good for this Cubs team, especially what kind of transpired for them last season after they kind of went on this big fire sale um, and really traded away all their key guys when they won the championship in the World Series uh, back in, in 16. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez all were traded. And I think the Cubs, for the Cubs right now, at least on the hitting side of things, uh, they're just kind of waiting for their prospects to kind of be polished up and be significant contributors. But I think for this team right now, it's going to be what does Patrick Wisdom give me? What does Rafael Ortega give me? And their coveted prospect, uh, Nick Madrigal, um, they're really high on him. And I think that we're, uh, he was with the White Sox last season before he got traded over to the, to the Cubs. Um, they're high on him. But I think the biggest question mark on the hitting side for me is what do they want to do with Wilson Contreras? Or do they want to sign him to a long-term contract? Is there going to be a point where it comes to the trade deadline? Are they going to trade him to a contending team? Um, that's the biggest question mark, I think, for me right now for the Cubs. But as far as the division kind of goes, I mean, I really think that it's probably a two-horse race between the Cardinals and the Brewers. But the Cubs, I think they're on the upward trajectory of kind of getting back into competition. But I still think they're probably a year or two away from doing that. Yeah. Now, the Cubs have intrigued me the more I've looked at them over the last couple of days, Moonaf. The... Um... They, at one point, they looked like they were in full-on teardown mode. Yeah. And then they'll go and make a signing like Marcus Stroman. Um, right. So they're neither in 
full on teardown mode or full on rebuild mode. They're, they're quite difficult to work out. Um, but at, the more I looked at it, um, there is there's quite a lot of upside there. If you start with a bat, um, he said Wilson Contreras, um, one of the more reliable uh, catching options in the league. Um, and then the, the upside of you said Rafi, uh, Rafael Ortega, yeah, um, uh, Frank Schwindel, who did okay last year, uh, going to get a full time role this year. Uh, hits for a little bit of power and a little bit of average. Uh, Ian Happ, who I thought he's been around a long time, he's only twenty seven. Yeah. Um, and then the big name they've signed C.S. Suzuki. Now yeah. this is a guy who could be anything. Um, he's come out of Japan. Um, he's projecting really high. He's proje- uh, the projected him a thirty ten season, a thirty home run, wow. uh, ten stolen base season with a hitting for average two eighty seven. Um, so he's going to go right into the middle of that lineup. Um, they signed Andre, uh, Andrelton Simmons, um, mm-hmm. great glove on uh, on Simba. Uh, although he's not the, uh, he hasn't got much power. And then, like you say, Nick Madrigal as well. Uh, so they've got a couple of bits and pieces players down at the bottom. Um, on the pitching side, got no problem at all with uh, Marcus Stroman. I think it's a great signing. Really, really like Marcus Stroman. I uh, like his attitude. Um, Kyle Hendricks, you want a little bit more from. He's always, he makes me nervous when you watch him because yeah. um, he's real old school. He's a real old timey pitcher, uh, just nibbles and bites the edge at sort of 78 miles an hour. Um, and he did have a great year this year. I think um, he can get back to something uh, approaching his best. And then Wade Miley in at three, uh, followed by Alec Mills and, and Drew Smiley. Um, I don't mind the Cubs at all. I, I, the, the other thing about the Cubs is I think if they can loiter at around about 500, they have got some money to spend. Like I say, it's almost as if they haven't decided whether they're in teardown or yeah. rebuild. If they can loiter around 500 and uh, the Brewers or the Cards or a wild card spot is within striking distance uh, come the trade deadline, I think they could go and spend a few quid. Um, they've got Clint Fraser there as well. Yeah. Um, who is uh, projected uh, to start on the bench, but I've actually got him. I think I'll have him in, in front of Jason Hayward um, in that lineup. So I think the Cubs can be competitive. Uh, and I absolutely, um, having said, I think they can loiter at least around 500. Um, I'll be taking that over 75. This is a strong lean for me, Muna. Yeah, and again, let, let's not forget that they were also in the conversation for Carlos Correa, right? We saw on social media and on Twitter that Marcus Stroman was really trying to get him to come to the Cubs, and so the willingness for them to go out and get out, go out and get a free agent of that caliber, they're not going to be shy about that. So you know, the bench doesn't look too bad either, right? With Jan Gomes, you mentioned Clint Flacher. They also signed Jonathan VR off the uh, free agency. He's a great utility guy. Um, and you know, the rotation, if it can come together, I don't hate that top three. And you talked about Colin Hendricks last season, I think was a perfect example of the, the kind of the roller coaster you go through with Kyle Hendricks. He got off yeah. to a very rough start, kind of found his form again, and they kind of tailed off again towards the end of the season. So if he's able to find some consistency, uh, within his uh, pitching performance, I think that, you know, this rotation is going to be okay. And I, I agree with you. I think that I would lean towards the over on, on this Cubs team because they, they seem like a scrappy bunch. Excellent. Uh, next up, um, this is a weird one, Moon. After Cincinnati Reds, um, 
for large parts of last season, um, they looked like they were going to sneak up uh, yes. on a on a playoff berth. And um, I know Jesse Winker got injured, which hurt them a little bit. But um, we were quite uh, we were quite into them. We enjoyed watching um, Jonathan India. Um, Vladimir Gutierrez was a pitcher that I picked uh, and had a little bit of success with it uh, at fancy prices at various points. However, uh, they appear just to have given up, uh, saying that the Cubs aren't in full teardown. Well, the Cincinnati Reds appear to be. They've uh, they've released everybody. Um, they've signed a couple of players. Tommy Pham, uh, mm. you know what you get with Tommy Pham. He's 34 years of age now. We'll hit uh, 250. Uh, Colin Moran from Pittsburgh. Again, not a not a name you're going to get excited about. Um, Andrew Knapp, Donovan Solano from the Giants, Jake Fraley. They've signed a lot of. They've just been filling holes. Actually, they, they've got rid of all their uh, a lot of the a lot of their big names, and they've just been um, plugging them with middle of the road players. Um, their rotation equally uh, is uninspiring. Um, have you got anything nice to say about Cincinnati, Muna? No, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with everything that you pretty much said. I mean, if we kind of go back to last season for the Cincinnati Reds, they were sitting at 71 and 59 in the driver's seat for it. At was least it that, it was, were they that far above 500? Yeah. I remember them being competitive, but wow. Yeah. And they were in the driver's seat to at least get a wild card spot in the National League, but they finished the season going 12 and 20. And since then, you hit the nail on the head, Malcolm. It's pretty much been a fire sell for them. They traded away their catcher. We talked about Tucker Barnhart to the Tigers. Um, I think that was more of a way for them to make move um, to make room for Tyler Stevenson. Uh, but they also, you know, they go of their best pitcher from last season, Wade Miley. We just talked about to the Cubs, um, and like we said, also the mention that the trade that they made with the Mariners, where it, uh, Suarez and Jesse Winker. Um, pretty much in a fire. So I think there's this team has talent, but it seems like the front office doesn't know what they're doing right now. Like they don't have an identity on what they want to do. They, they want to completely tear it down and start rebuilding again with prospects or are they trying to kind of put the pieces together and maybe try to sneak a wild card spot in the national league. And I think one player or one room or one pitcher that's kind of been in trade rumors going back to last season has been Luis Castillo for the Reds who last season, I think like Kyle Hendricks was kind of up and down. Um, Cyan formed a couple seasons ago, last season got off to a slow start. And I think, I think it was towards the tail end of the season. He started looking like the Luis Castillo we're used to seeing. And I think that if he's able to kind of return to that form, He's going to be that top of the line guy for this for the Cincinnati Reds. Um, but again, you mentioned the bullpen last season, fourth worst in all the majors. If we go by team ERA, WHIP uh, was one of the worst for a bullpen group. So it's kind of seeming like the talent is there. But again, it kind of goes back for me for this team on the front office. On they don't exactly know what they're doing. I think the general manager came out and said that. They're trying to align their payroll and shed payroll and kind of go from there and see what they want to do with this team. Yeah, Luis Castillo's um, injured currently. Justin Dunn, who is a pitcher that I've followed and yeah. um, had him as a bit of a as a bit of a sleeper in various fantasy leagues over the last couple of years, um, came across from Seattle. Is also injured, as is Mike Miner. So, um, yeah, that that rotation goes Tyler Marley. 
uh, Vlad Gutierrez, and then you get down to... Now, uh, Riva San Martin was someone I mentioned. We did a podcast back in about December, I think, Luna, for way yeah. too early sort of preview. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned San Martin as someone you might want to pick up at the back end of uh, draft. But I was expecting him to come up in June or July and be an SB5 or plug a few others. As it stands, he's breaking camp as the SB3 because they've got nothing else. Um, yeah. And the... Uh, you're right about the bullpen. Absolutely sucks. It's uh, roster resource has them with uh, five closers. And what that generally means is if you've got five closers, you've got no closers uh, yeah. reading between the lines. So yeah, my notes say here, Munaf, lineup falls off a cliff. Rotation sucks. Pen sucks. <laughs> yeah. And I, I kind of want to go back to last season where we, we, I think we talked a lot about uh, Tyler Male for the Cincinnati Reds, right? And, and the splits, if you kind of go back and look at the splits, we were backing him actually when he was pitching on the road last season. Last season, he was 8-2 and two on the road with the ERA of 2.3. At home, for whatever reason, 5-4 and four with the ERA of 5.63. So that ERA it nearly doubled. Actually, it did well above double uh, when, he, when he was pitching at home versus when he was at, uh, on the road last season. So if he's able to kind of find that consistency at home, you know, he could be a decent pitcher for this rotation beyond uh, when, when and if they get Castillo back. Yeah, so having said all of that, um, a win bet line of 74 and a half, uh, projection round about 75. So nothing much in it. Um, not a strong recommendation for a bet, but I do think that that 75 is high. I, yeah. And especially mid-season, I think they could, uh, they could move on some players and completely and utterly give up. Um, if they get to uh, the trade deadline and they're nowhere near uh, competitive or worse. So I could see that edging the trade down to 70 or 71. So definite under for me uh, on the Cincinnati Reds moon half. Same for yourself? Yeah, this one is actually one that I've already bet uh, 75 and a half Ooh. under for the Cincinnati Reds. And I think that you kind of talk about, you know, we talked about like what they kind of gave away um, in this offseason, right? Jesse Winker, you, I mean, those are big names that were part of this organization last year that kind of contributed to the success that they had early on. And, you know, the pitching rotation is not there right now. You talked about the injuries to their rotation. And for me, it is what we talked about. I talked about that the front office doesn't know what they're doing. And when there's disconnect on what the direction of this team wants to go, there's no way that I can take it over with this team. So I, I already locked in this bet at under 75 and a half for the Cincinnati Reds. So the Manji millions have been invested already on the under <laughs> on the Cincinnati Reds. Um, there's never enough things to gamble on, quite frankly, here at SGPN. Uh, one sport that runs three, six, five days a year uh, is my speciality here uh, on the SGPN, uh, apart from the baseball, uh, the horse racing. Uh, but now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. I absolutely adore this. And I keep having to find surreptitious ways of playing uh, because I can't get on the website from this side of the pond. Uh, so I keep having to get the likes of Ryan and Sean to stick me a cheeky lineup on. Uh, check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and paid games for real prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $25,000 with one entry. If you don't know anything about horses, you don't need to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com. 
and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. StableDuel.com. Uh, yeah, I love a bit of Stable Duel moving off. I did some, uh, I did, what race meeting was it a couple of weeks ago? Uh, I can't even remember. Anyway, we did some live Stable Duel stuff. Uh, and it was very exciting until the point my horse uh, ran backwards down the uh, stretch and finished round about 10th of 10. But we don't need to dwell on that. Um, we're handicapping baseball and we're handicapping the Pittsburgh Pirates, Moonaf. Hashtag DGENs only. Um, okay. If I tell you the uh, books have their line at 65 and a half, that tells you everything you need to know about the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um 66 to 1 to win the division. I don't think they will be troubling the winner's circle this time round in Pittsburgh. Um, a projected win for me, though, is 69. Now, that fits into our little window, three and a half discrepancy on the overs. And just because they're a terrible team, um, uh, a minus 110 winner is a minus 110 winner, whether it's the LA Dodgers or whether it's the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, so, Moon after Pittsburgh, what do you want to tell me? Yeah, I guess we can start with their pitching here. Um, you know, they have some serviceable arms in the rotation. Do the Pirates? I mean, I think they're probably waiting for more uh, two guys in their farm system and their prospects. I think one Contreras, they're really high on. Everybody's waiting for it to come up. And I think uh, Prester or, or Priester is the other one that they're Quinn Prester that they're kind of waiting for to kind of come up uh, and pitch in the big league. So. You know, I think they had last year that JT Brubaker, um, he was really inconsistent. So I think that if they these young guys are able to kind of improve upon what they had last season and just get year better by month by month in this, in this uh, season, I, I don't, I see kind of where you're getting at, Malcolm, but I think I'm more excited about this, um, the hitting rotation or the hitting lineup for the Pirates, right? It's going to be another year of rebuilding for their roster. We already know that the books are expecting that as well, especially with a win total of 65 and a half that the books have projected. Um, but if you're a Pirates fan, I think, you know, there's, you have some things to be excited about, right? Right. Last year, Brian Reynolds, he was an all-star for the Pirates. The uh, kid, Brian Hayes at third base. He should make some progression with his bat defensively. Absolutely fantastic. He makes it look so easy. Um, and again, their number one prospect, O'Neill Cruz, is the one that where everybody's kind of excited for, one of the favorites to win Rookie of the Year for the Pirates. They did fire their uh, uh, hitting coach last year. David Eckstein was with the Angels in his career playing. Uh, the offense was atrocious last year, to say the least, for the Pirates. I mean, they were bottom in most statistical batting categories, offensive categories last season. So if they, they they have some guys in this batting lineup that can produce. And if they're able to kind of improve upon that, who knows? They may be able to get over this win projection. Yeah, I think so. It's it's not a stellar batting lineup. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it is. But it's not horrible at all. Um, no. You could see that batting lineup going out and being competitive on a daily basis. Daniel Vogelback, who they just brought in, um, was at Millwall. He's a, yeah. if you remember, he's a, he's a real funny shape is Daniel Vogelback. Yeah. Uh, but that endears him to me even more. Um, and he's, he's got a, he's got a lot of power and um, you just need to get a full season out of him. Um, but schedule lean off. And then you mentioned the names in behind Brian or Reynolds, uh, good hitter, power, a uh, little bit of speed hits for average power and speed in behind Cabrian Hayes, mm-hmm. um, Anthony Alford, 
No, I'm not a huge fan, but there's people better than me have talked about Anthony Olford possibly having a breakout season. And then Yoshi Susugo, um, we talked just on this podcast earlier about Sia Suzuki uh, coming across from Japan and being anything. Yoshi Susugo did a similar thing. I think he went to the Rays, didn't quite work out. Um, the Dodgers picked him up and did bits with him. There's a, definitely a player in there, Yoshi Susugo. Um, and sometimes we often see it can take two or three years for someone to come across, acclimatise. We've had a shortened season. We've had pandemics. Um, 30 years old now, settle into it. Uh, schedule to hit, clean up for them. Uh, I expect bits and bobs out of him. Um, and then even down to Ben Gamble at six. And like you say, O'Neill Cruz, this um, six foot seven shortstop that they've got to come yeah. in. Um, I've drafted him in all kinds of places as well. Um, the two, the Bobby Witt and O'Neill Cruz have been the two rookies uh, that I've picked up a lot of. So yeah, I'm not excited about it, but I'm enthused at the prospect of them getting over this uh, 65 and a half um, win total. The rotation isn't very exciting. You're right. Um, but it's young enough um, to show enough improvement. Bryce Wilson um, was talked about and kind of in the same breath as Ian Anderson and there's another one at the Braves. Um, they were kind of all in the same envelope um, mm -hmm. with Atlanta. Bryce Wilson has come across to Pittsburgh from Atlanta uh, in the middle of last year. So he's only 24. He's got improvement in him and they can, they can do a little bit. Mitch Keller uh, has shown, shown enough. He's still only 26. Uh, and apart from Jose Quintana, who you say, gnarly veteran, scheduled Leo, there's a, there's, they're young enough for them to show um, just enough, I think, to keep them competitive. And the other thing I think they can help them get over that win total is how bad the Reds are going to be. Yeah. Um, they are going to see a lot of each other. Uh, and if the Reds are going to fall into a hole, um, that's only three or four games that the Pirates have to take off them uh, that aren't factored into those projections. Uh, we've said the Reds could go from 75 down to 71. I could easily see the Pirates uh, go from... 68 up to 72 and that's what we're looking at so yeah uh, we did this last year with a lot of the bum teams uh, when we did the big preview pod uh, and I'll be leaning that way again yeah I'll be happy to take the over 65.5 uh, on Pittsburgh Luna. yeah I mean I can, you can see the argument against it but then you know uh, with the Reds on the decline uh, we don't know what we're going to get out of the Cubs exactly uh, but the potential is there for them. Um, you know, the Pirates last season, I think they did they get over their win total last year? Yeah, they did, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. you know, the, they're improving, right? And again, we, they have the two prospects. They have the pitching prospects in their uh, farm system that are still waiting up. Like you mentioned O'Neill Cruz as well. So, um, you know, this is going to be a fun young group to watch. And, you know, they're going to be scrappy. There's some veterans in there, like you mentioned. And, uh yeah, hopefully they can... Uh, I'm leaning towards over as well. Yeah, so pick up some of these fancy prices um, and then by the end of the season, you can get yourself across to Prop Swap, which is where America buys and sells sports bets. The final four is set in March Madness. I've watched a bit of March Madness for the first time this year. Uh, I played first half unders and it was lots of fun. Um, the final four set, Prop Swap is your place to cash in on the big dance. The last two weeks, prop swappers have been making thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. You can always find the best odds on prop swap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Then after you make your purchase, you can either go for the win or resell your bet at any time to lock in a profit. Patrick from New York 
sold a $1,000 35-to-1 Houston Championship ticket for 6000 bucks on props up before their Elite Eight game. Patrick turned $1,000 into 6000 guaranteed and the buyer got the best odds in the country. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed, Red Hot Tickets for Sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit match. Use promo code SGP to get that. PropSwap will match you up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. Yeah, we'll be giving out some uh, some bigger price ones that uh, certainly on props up when it comes to September. Uh, hopefully, it'll be worth uh, a few more a few more dollars than they will be when you put them on. Um, so, Munaf, uh, yeah. we have done all five teams. Have you got a best bet? Is it an over or under? Um, we talked about the wet, the White Sox last time. Uh, and said mm-hmm. that a minus 150 favourite might not be something that we're willing to give out, but might be something to go in a parlay. Uh, the same applies really, I think, here with the Brewers, uh, minus 150. So we'll be looking out for divisional parlays once we've covered all six. Um, but what's your, what's your strongest bet so far uh, for the NL Central, having said you've already picked up the Reds unders? Is it that one or have you got yeah. something else? Yeah, I think I just have to go with the Reds under here at 74 and a half. Um, we know we kind of go back to last season, like we mentioned, they were what 71 and 59, and they finished the season 12 and 20. And they really traded away a lot of the guys, especially on the offensive side in that batting line of Jesse Winker. I know he went down late for them, but him and Suarez, they traded away to the Mariners. Um, they still do have Joey Votto, Mike Mustakas in this lineup, but I just don't feel like it's going to be enough. I think that we might see more of a fire cell coming, especially. Well, the front office saying that, hey, we need to get aligned with our payroll, maybe shed some more payroll, which means they might have to trade more of the top guys. And we heard about, you know, the rumors of Luis Castillo last season that he may get traded. Maybe that comes into fruition again this season. Um, and I'm not really sold on this pitching rotation. You mentioned that they have some key injuries in that rotation. Um, so uh, for me, that's all kind of pointing towards signs of taking the under 74 and a half on the Cincinnati Reds as my best bet for this division. Okie doke. Um, at some point in these six pods, um, so one of us is going to put our heads above the parapet and take a fancy price. And I'm going to do it right now, Moonaf. Uh, okay. I'm going to take the Cubs at 12 to 1 for the division. Ooh. Um, okay. I'm certainly going to go for the over 75 and a half. Uh, the two things obviously go hand in hand. Uh, so, yeah, first fill your boots on that over 75 and a half. Uh, and following that, I just think the Brewers' bats are so anemic. Um, and I do think they could struggle a little bit. One injured pitcher, uh, and all of a sudden, that's much more of a closer race. And the Cards just haven't got any pitching. They've got no rotation at all. Yeah. Um, so, it's I mean, it's a 13-game swing. It's a 13-game gap to close on the projections. Um, the Brewers drop three or four. The Cubs get three or four closer. And like I say, I think the Cubs are prepared to spend some money. If they get competitive... Uh, by the middle of the season, I think they could make a move or two. Um, you're looking at upside Marcus Stroman, Sia Suzuki, uh, players like that, Nick Madrigal. I think there's a little bit more upside in the Cubs. So at 12 to 1, uh, that this could be something I could be taking a prop swap at maybe 7 or 8 to 1 uh, in June or July. Because uh, I think they can be a little bit more competitive um, than the odds suggest. So yeah, probably one of the fancier price ones that I'll take. But uh, like I say, 
Um, we saw it last year with the San Francisco Giants, forty yeah. to one, I believe they were. Uh, Seattle competed for a long way; they were around about thirty-three to one as well. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not a, a completely daft bet um, to take Chicago Cubs at twelve to one. Moon after you, uh, do you think I'm nuts or? Uh, and again, we've seen crazier things happen, right? And I think f- since we went down a lot of these teams here in this division, or actually all the teams here, I mean, you can make a case for the Cubs being hit or miss. And I think that we're kind of both trending towards this team uh, hitting. And I think that, you know, they're not going to be afraid to spend, let's say, I mean, they're still in the race come trade deadline. And, you know, like I talked about, they were in the conversation for Carlos Correa. So it seems like they're willing to spend the money for, for some of these guys. So if a trade does come about at the trade deadline, who knows, they may pull the plug, but you know, at some point you got to be ballsy. And I mean, I'm not going to shit on your pick here at the Cubs. I mean, we saw it last year with, with the, with the giants at 40 to one. Uh, so there may be a team that like the giants last year, that may come about and win this win a division and surprise everybody. Um, for me, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Um, they're still a slight underdog to the uh, Brewers. Defensively, this team is one of the best in the entire MLB. Um, I we talked about their pitching. I'm sorry, their their hitting um, with Tyler O'Neill with Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, the back end guys. Um, Dylan Carlson, another guy we talked about a lot last season. Um, I think that if, if there is a significant injury that does hinder the future of Jack Flaherty pitching this season, I won't be surprised if they go out and get another arm at the trade deadline, you know, like the Max Scherzers of the world, like the Dodgers did. I'm not saying it's going to be Max Scherzer, obviously, but if a pitcher like that does come available, I think Cardinals will not be afraid to pull that, um, pull off that trade and, and, you know, go out for this division. So I'll take the Cardinals, um, to win this division. What was the price that you had on that for the Cardinals? Uh, plus 320. Okay. Yeah. So that'll be my pick. So I'll take the Cardinals uh, to win the division. Then my best bet uh, as far as a win total reds under 75 and a half. And then for Malcolm, he's taking the Cubs at 12 to one to win the division and the Cubs yeah. as your best bet over 75 and a half, Malcolm. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Double bubble. Get it in the spreadsheet. Moon off. We I got it these. in. <laughs> Good man. Uh, and that is it. We've got to the end of uh, pod two of six for these divisional previews. Um, watch out for all six. Uh, they'll be getting broadcasted various times. You know where to find them. Uh, all the good uh, podcast places, um, Apple, etc. cetera. Uh, Google Podcasts will have it on there as well. Um, and the SGPN app. Don't forget uh, to use that. Um, and that's it, Moonoff. Uh, I've enjoyed very much uh, chatting to you tonight. Yes, sir. Uh, Division two of six, like you mentioned, uh, if you are not subscribed to the MLB Gambling Podcast, now is a good time to do it. Uh, We'll be, like we said, going through all the divisions and then we'll have a mega pod at the end right before the season with our season-long player prop bets and then also the awards. Uh, We'll get into that. That'll be a fun market to get into, as well as guests coming on too. Yeah, absolutely. So you know you know where to find all of our content. Uh, the content train does not stop here at SGPN. Uh, Munaf, thank you very much for your time tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure and has only stoked my fire for a bit of MLB next week. I absolutely can't wait. I'm excited. Yes, sir. Uh, cheers, everyone, for listening. Uh, good luck with your bets. Uh, we'll see you down the road. <laughs>